So we have been meeting as a collective in what we call the table every single Wednesday for the entire year, actually. The Lord uh, really dropped it in my spirit when I had my mastermind space open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have all this free time. What am I gonna do? And God said, gather my people. And so for an entire year, we've been gathering faith-based entrepreneurs, uh, a room full of strangers that come together week by week, who some of which have become family, others drop in time to time as that like distant cousin. But when they come to the table, it's this place of safe haven. It's a place of communion. It's a place of just connecting over the real and the raw of what's going on. What's going on in the climate of the world? What's going on in the climate of our world, of our minds, of our hearts, of our spirits, of our business ecosystems and everything else that's happening as a becoming leader, right? None of us have figured it out. We're all on the journey. And so everyone has a voice at the table. And over the course of this year, we have had so many people come in who they wanna be there every single week and just don't have the capability, whether their schedule or whatever it is, and they're unable to be there and they want the they want a recording they want to listen and i'm like no like this is a sanctuary i initially was pretty steadfast i had no hearing from the lord that i was supposed to release it any other way that this was supposed to be a safe space and about eight and a half months in the Lord said, you can share now. And it was a conversation that I brought to the table because it's not mine to share. It's not Anthony's to share. It's a sacred space. And the conversations are getting richer and richer and richer because the presence dwells when we gather in this way. We know when two or more are gathered, there he will be. And he has always been. There's been prophetic understanding. There's been worship. There's been devout prayer. There's been healing that's happened. There's been storytelling. There's been testimony sharing. There's been, um, you know, lens of how do we get by with understanding of obedience, with understanding of discipline, with understanding of the good stuff, right? The rich stuff, the fruit bearing things that we get to experience on this side of heaven. So when we decided we're gonna start recording, I was just gonna do it once a month. And I brought it to the table and everyone was like, no, I want every single recording is so good. How are you gonna decipher when something's gonna happen or when someone's gonna say something that you just really fully need? So we now have a recorded sanctuary. And for those who know us as a mobilized church, this is not news because whenever people listen to virtual churches, they get to hear from the pastor every single week. But the variability on hearing the table is that it's not just the pastors. It's not just the minister. It's not just the people who we're bringing in for an episode. It's a collective. It's the whole body. And it's from people all over, from all different walks of life, from all different entrepreneurial backgrounds and all different elements and spaces in their faith journey too. And it's beautiful, it's so rich. And I really believe that you guys are going to get a behind the scenes. And this is an invitation, this is not a BTS, you don't have to stay behind the scenes. This is an invitation for you to come and dwell with us at the table. And so I hope that this ignites you enough to say, you know what, I want in on that conversation. And your voice will be heard too. But most importantly, your heart will be brought into the union of 
all of us together. And that togetherness is something that entrepreneurs often experience the opposite of, which is isolation. So no more isolation in our journeys of entrepreneurial mission-driven leadership and no more isolation in our spiritual journeys. This is a time for us to truly commune and for everyone to get the microphone, which is different than the regular church, but it is a mobilized church. And it's the way that Jesus hung out with the people that he loved. And so the people that he was teaching, right? So we're here to teach, we're here to learn, we're here to talk, but we're also here to listen. Tune in to the Founder Collective Table and know you can go to the show notes below and get the invitation to come week by week. It's 12 o'clock Eastern on Wednesdays. We love you. Thanks for joining us at the table. Are you deprived, perhaps discombobulated, maybe even distracted? You want more from life, from relationships, from God. Whether you're in a season searching for purpose or perhaps know your purpose but feeling lackluster or lost in the execution of it, this podcast was created for you. In fact, this isn't just a podcast, it's a movement, and we're on a mission to find the lost, welcome them in, and launch them into their greatest destiny, fully found in Him and founded on the rock. This is a table for a multitude of marketplace ministers to come together for fresh revelation, resources, and revival. Get ready to catch the fire and live fully free, fully found. This is the Founder Collective. I'm so excited to be with you guys today. There has been so much going on. I feel like in the spiritual realm, I don't know about you guys, but just that shift that we've all been waiting for, that we've been talking about so much the last several weeks that we've been together is happening. Like, I really feel that. I see shaking heads. So I'm excited to like hear from everybody on what does that look like in your neck of the woods, in your home, in your heart, in your head. Um, but even around all the energy towards FounderCon, just yesterday, and hopefully he joins us momentarily, um, Chris Rickstrew, Candace and I had a conversation about a role that he's playing at the conference. And he kind of read us the right act. He, he, he pretty much was like catching the words that were coming out of our mouth and shifting them um, in the perspective of not only biblical word, but just the in, in that spiritual realm. He was like, you are literally bowing to the wrong idol with the words that you're saying. And I'm like, whoa, like, I feel like I got a spanking in the healthiest way from a brother in Christ. And I didn't even, I wasn't even like sensing that. So you know how important it is to be in community with those that, <laughs> excuse me, those that are aligned to Christ and are constantly in the word because they're going to pick up on things that you have just allowed to become a rut. You've allowed to become a uh, commonplace. You've allowed to just be a new language that you're adopting. And you don't even recognize that the enemy has control over something that you um, don't know, right? Like your scales or your eyes or your ears haven't been open to. Um, and so it was awesome. And I was already coming off of a, a Holy Spirit high from the morning and, and helping people have a new perspective on what's happening in Israel. And so I think we could go and jump off of that in so many different directions. I know Anthony's over here thinking about a thousand things, um, but I'd love to love to jump in there. I'm going to let somebody else start today. 
Oh, look at you being kind with your time and your tongue. <laughs> Who else wants to share? Julie and Matt. I, no, go, Bill. So, such an interesting start because this morning, um, Anybody who knows me knows I try to walk most days and I have the most interesting interactions, sometimes with people that I know, sometimes that I don't. But I spoke to a pastor this morning on my walk. He and his wife were in Israel two weeks ago and their guide was a uh, secular Jew who had never um, spent time with an American pastor, and this is a good guy. I mean, I, I don't mean he's better than anyone else, but I know he's biblically aligned. And um, we shared the perspective of, you know, what's going on, but the reality is the Lord's still in control. We get caught up in these conversations about what the U.S. is doing, what uh, Pakistan is doing, what Jerusalem thinks. And the reality is, this is unfolding exactly in the manner that the Lord desires. He's going to take every circumstance, however it's viewed societally, and use it for his will. There's no denying that scripturally. Um, it may not have, well, I'll cut to the, the bottom line. Someone had said to him in the last couple of days, Armageddon began last Saturday. <laughs> and I chuckle at that thought because social media, Armageddon is not going to need social media's announcement. If it truly is the unfolding of what Revelation describes, and we could discuss that ad infinitum and never get close to what the Lord plans. But the point is, there's not going to need, the Lord's never going to need social media or anyone else's opinion to reveal his plan. It's not to be known, because if it was, Scripture would have said. Scripture would have been written differently around the idea of, ah, I am going to tell someone the time, whether it's my son or my will or some appointed prophet. Prophecy as we are able to read it in the scripture, is designed to inform us there's always indicators. You never know what is actually occurring until you give time, enough passage of time to understand it in the context of the Lord's will. We as humans desire to be known as... Um, Somebody should seek our opinion. The Bible says seek wise counsel. It says wise counsel for a reason. Wise counsel isn't something that you um, buy or acquire. Well, you do acquire it, but the only way to acquire it is to demonstrate uh, discernment in the manner in which you offer your knowledge. The last thing I'll say is... Um, if you want to be invited into trusted circles, be trustworthy. You know, it comes down to Armageddon and all the things. <clears throat> no battle, no war was ever started with a bullet. It started well before. 
And I have news for you. No war will ever end with a bullet. It ends sometimes before that last bullet's fired or far in in the future. So um, I'm a firm believer, and this is a struggle for a lot because I was raised in a denomination where every time something bad happens in the world, we're in the end times. Well, guess what? The moment Jesus stepped off this earth, the end times began. That's why he warned his disciples that it was coming. If we were still waiting on the end times, he would have had zero need to tell the disciples about what they were about to go through and refer to it as the end of days. So the moment he stepped off this earth was the moment that Armageddon began. That's the moment that the enemy began to brew a plot and a plan to get to us to the place. However, it doesn't matter how many bullets are fired. That battle has already been decided, and that will be the moment he steps foot back on the earth, and the end of days are done. And I think that's where we as a church, as people who are believers, have to just go about our day. I just preached this to our my dad's church back home. And um, if you go to some of these old-time Pentecostal churches, man, they got some songs like I'll Fly Away and I Can't Wait to Get to Heaven. That's pretty much what all these songs say. And it's funny how God has a sense of humor because God had given me this sermon that morning. And it was all out of Acts 1 where the disciples are sitting there as Jesus descended in the clouds. And then these angels show up and say, yo, bros, what are y'all doing? You got a job to do. And it it can only it only makes sense to me that they weren't there for a couple of seconds. They were there for an inordinate amount of time that they had to be pushed in the right direction. Now, angels had to show up like, hey, guys, Jesus is gone. What are you still looking at the clouds? And I think if we catch ourselves, we can find ourselves in moments like this looking in the clouds. Oh, Lord, I just can't wait for you to come back. But I preach this from a posture of a winning team never watches the scoreboard. And I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan. Two years ago, I saw them beating Alabama, and this was a big deal. But in the third quarter, I saw us change our offensive plan that had got us three touchdowns in the lead. But the one thing I never saw was Alabama change. They never watched the scoreboard, and gradually Arkansas did everything they could not to lose that game. And guess what they did? lost that game. Alabama never wavered. Their coach never feared. And I said, as a church, we have to get our heads out of the cloud and we got to realize we have already been assured the win. So every moment we play, every moment we pray, we can't pray with fear and anxiety about what's happening around us because the W's already been offered. So then it's up to us to stop looking at the clouds, stop looking at the scoreboard and say, what am I doing with every breath that I have? Because I have to be intentional right here. If if that means if I'm in Israel right now, that's a different breath than I have right now. But then in this place, how are we demonstrating that we're not fearful in these moments. Because this is the problem when we sing these songs. Oh, the end of days. This is the worst I've ever experienced. I just can't wait to get to heaven. That's fear. That's what that's coming out of. I just want to fast forward because I don't know if I'm going to make it through today. And then we remove the ability for Jesus to be the same yesterday, today, and forever because we just want to go to forever and not trust him today. So this is like so divinely aligned to what we were talking about yesterday, even to the point of like getting our head out of the cloud. So we were talking about how we will be in a state of forward thinking as visionaries. We're always like out front, right? We're like, oh, we're, we like to live in that land of what will be, what will be, will be. And yet we forget about our present moment because we're like, come on, guys, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Well, if you're doing that in a state of fear or you're doing that in a state of worry or you're doing that in a state of doubt, 
How do the people behind you who are following you feel when you're doing that with trepidation? And so he said in the context of war, um, he was talking about, and I hope he jumps on here, regardless if he does. Chris, you're a represented. We love you so much. He was saying from a war perspective that imagine if the front line, which we are God's army, right? Uh, imagine as warriors for Christ, if we were sitting there and we were like, oh man, just daydreaming on the front line as the fight was happening right in front of us. And we're daydreaming about the fight that's going to happen four weeks from now, two years from now, in the forethought of the vision. When we get to this place, God, it's going to be amazing. Like we're constantly in that land of the milk and honey concept or in the fear and trembling of what could be if I release, if I if I lack control, if I don't do that check mark today and I decide to stay with the Lord all morning, right, Matt? Like what happens then? And so he was giving me this visual. I was like thinking of those thought bubbles of like the people who are sitting there at the front line. Meanwhile, I watched this wild video that was by... Um, Dr. Seuss, prior to him being Dr. Seuss, he was an illustrator for World War II. And he had this amazing, like, fear and trembling scenario that happened with this one of these illustrations with the Japanese. And the enemy had come in and been distracting the mind of the warrior, the American warrior. And at the end, we realized that it wasn't an angel that was detaching him from war. It was the enemy. And so I think that that's happening over and over again by these sly remarks, by these sly slides from the enemy to keep us distracted to the future when it's happening right now. The gifts, the blessings, the war is right now. And if I'm fighting a battle that I can't actually activate in because I'm not present, it will literally destroy. And so with Chris's support yesterday, there he is. I knew he'd come. Man, Chris, you shift some things in the atmosphere yesterday in the spiritual realm. And so much of the floodgates have been opening since that conversation and just really all day yesterday. Um, and so I encourage you guys, if you're in that space of, of the thought bubbles, bubbles over the future, good or bad, you're not being present. And God needs you here in the fight today, right now. And that's why things like this are so important for us to be equipped um, for the next minute. You don't know what you're about to fight. You don't know what tomorrow is going to be. So let's really stay in the present of it. Chris, it was such a such a gift. So I was, I was tooting your horn over here, even though you weren't in the room. God's horn, but you were the, you were the, the vessel in the process. So thank you. I had another football reference because yeah, that's go. where I'm at today. But there's a thing <laughs> called out kicking your coverage. Mm. usually apply this to men who marry outside of their league. Ah, that's um, funny. I've never heard that. Out kicking your coverage is simply when you got a long distance in the field and the kicker has a big foot. So he kicks the ball way downfield and his, the guys who's going to, to get to tackle the guy can't get there fast enough. Yeah. So that gives that guy who catches it a lot of room to work with. And it's kind of like that in what we're talking about is so many times we want to kick something so far down the road. We want to be such a visionary that we're 10, 15 years out and we're, we're putting it way out there and we're out kicking our coverage and we're not preparing the people around us to operate in the moment. Because if you kick it just in the right spot, the guys who are going to cover him will be there at the right moment. And it's boom, boom. They're so operational in that moment. And I think that's the place Chris coming from that perspective of, this is hard to imagine, but we can outkick the coverage that God is giving us because we want to be so far ahead. And he's like, I don't need why you are that far out. There's something that's going to happen right now that if you're paying attention, will shift everything. 
But if you're so far out here, you're going to miss the notion, the shifts, the corrections that I'm trying to give you because you're not focused on the day to day. You're not focused on how powerful this right here right now is. And I think those are the moments and it's we can get that from a church perspective. We can do that on a Sunday to Sunday. We get so unfocused on Monday through Saturday in the day to day because we're just ready to get back into church and get filled up. We can get stuck in our from prayer time to prayer time. And we not, we're not able to receive in the in-between. And it, this can happen to a lot. I've seen this a lot of people. And I say, I've posted this on Facebook before. I said, there's so there's some people out here who are so spiritual that they're practically useless. <laughs> yeah. Because you can't, you can get this mindset where it's just prayer, prayer. I'm, I'm constantly in my prayer closet. And then day to day, when you're trying to make it to the next prayer closet moment, because you're fearful of what's going on around you. And I just don't have the answer. I just got to get back and pray over this. Somebody's right next to you that you have been given a word or given a message or given something. Maybe it's your gifting to impact them in certain ways. But we spend this in this fog of anxiety and, and fear about the what if or trying to have everything figured out or trying to have it all correct. And in those moments, God's like, I would have given you the exact manna you need if you just open your hand and give it to him. But there was you didn't ask for it because you were still trying to get to tomorrow. You were stuck. You thought you'd ran out of everything you received yesterday before you got into there. So I'm like spiritually empty. I just got to get back in the room. And he's like, no, this is not one of those gas tank to gas tank. I'm the big airliner with the gas thing hanging off the back. I'll just pull right up beside you, give you what you need in a moment. And then you move to the next place. That's good. Matt said, so heavenly minded that we are no earthly good. I love that. Go, Nat. Um, when you were talking, Anthony, uh, the one word that you said it, you I, I, when the Holy Spirit told me it, and then you said it, it's, it's the word now. Like what he's been speaking a lot over me. And actually on Monday, I think I put on like a post that I did was just um, the time is now. And, you know, it's biblically right. We're not supposed to worry about tomorrow and yesterday's done and we were supposed to be focused on now. And the thing that God has really been speaking to me about is, um, is, and I'm just going to be bold and it's a rhetorical question, but like ponder it. Cause he said it like, do we really make space in our day for God? And you're saying your prayer closet, um, and you know, go, we have to sit there for five hours. Um, and maybe we're in the spirit, right? That's where we're like really like laying a lot, like laying it down for God and like being completely in the spirit with him and, and laying it down, worshiping, praying, whatever the case is, but how that translates to like how we are every day um of our lives and like the people that we're called to serve or be with, um be linking arms with. Um and I'm um, obviously I love sports references, being a coach and and all that for 20 years. Um, I always when I'm teaching players it's like you you have the goal you have that right in life you have those 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 what you want to do and and then inch by inch right it, it's just inch by inch is what you're really trying to is really you're trying to grab and so i believe like the future has its place and i'm a visionary like tamara you said like we we need that like we absolutely need it and i i believe in a lot of ways that um if you don't really call yourself a visionary i feel like if you're really led by the spirit you you are a visionary and i think it's a, it's because it's god uses that to call us out to call us out to the place he wants to take us but then not forgetting that where he has us in those moments and um when you started the conversation about everything that's going on um in the world right now uh i personally like this is actually the first time i've ever spoken about what i think about it because i just i just been praying and letting god 
you know, not everybody needs to have say their opinion. Let's put it that way. Um, but I think that there's grief is not synonymous to fear. And as believers, we we have to really be able to like live in the now, like because people, especially non-believers, are desperately looking for people and for believers even if they don't know it, they don't know what they don't know. They're looking for that light. They're looking for that hope. And so when we're living in the future and we're living in like the casting visions and God's going to take me so far and this and that, you're missing the moments now to be that light for somebody to, to be that person and showing people like, Hey, I know we're trying to make a touchdown. I know we're trying to get this next goal, but like, we just got to make it five yards. We just got to make it, you know, um, 10 yards. We, we, you just got to make it through the day. If grief is overwhelming you right now, because you have a deep, deep em- empathetic heart, which we, you know, that's God's heart. Um, it, that's okay. But, it, but when it, when it's enemy wants to use it and it put, put us in a place of fear or posture in a place of um, turmoil, I think that word's probably the best one This tumultuous turmoil that, that, I mean, if we look, if we look up hard enough, we can, it's all around us, right. In this broken world. But I think like as believers and then, um, what you were saying, uh, so what, uh, so heavenly minded, we are no earthly good. I think that just comes down to when, do we know how to live in the spirit in the now? Like, do we really know how to posture ourselves where now, trust me, there's a prayer closet. Like I just spent all morning with God. Cause he said to, um, and I put my work away to the side, but do I believe there's like where God's trying to refine us and show us what it is when you're in it, when you're on in that play in the game or you're every day you're with the people, non-believers, believers working in your businesses or whatever the case is. Like, are you showing up now in that place? Because his people need us, his people need him for us to show up and and be like, hey, I know there's a lot going on in the world. But like fix your eyes. And I, I know for all the men in here, but I I mean, referencing giving birth, like we know there's amazingness at the end of that pain. But at the end of the day, you cannot you have you have to focus through the pain in that moment. You could you know, the doula or the doctor or your husband might be telling you like we're, it's almost there. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like I'm focusing in this moment and I'm really just trying to like push through this moment of mental strength and fortitude that only can be given to by God. Um, and so I just, I just think that grief, pain, all these things that are now, like when you're grieving, it's not like, oh, I'm going to grieve tomorrow. No, I'm grieving right now. Right now I'm in pain. And then, and then eventually it's going to be in the past and I can talk about it in a testimony, but do we really allow people right now? Are we really being witnesses the right way to show people how now, how to show up? So as believers, I'm just always like, what can I do right now? Like, what is it that, that this person in this tumultuous time, and that's, you know, the wisdom and strength of your own walk with God, um, and how you handle it. So, um, really what's, what do you embody? Cause it's the moments it's it, at the end of the day, you can't hide. At the end of the day, if you go on that field, you're either going to win or lose. Um, and I think when we are faced with those now moments, um, are you are you really practicing what you preach? Are you really living and embodying the fruit um, of what you say and what you tell people as believers? Because at the end of the day, you can say everything all what you want to people, but it's what they see. And so in this time where things are real and horrific, um, we know as believers, because we read something that is the truth from the beginning to the end, the Bible, this isn't the first time in history and this won't be the last. And so what, what hope and what are we really giving people in their grief? Are we helping them get out of the grief or, or, or be able to embrace the grief and still see hope? Or are we 
showing them grief and then it's steering them to fear because either way the enemy's coming after them or he's coming after us um so i think like living now like you said tamara and anthony that word now is what holy spirit just keeps saying to me now is the time to move now is the time to show the fruit now is the time to show my light now is the time to show people that you can grieve and not be fearful now is the time for you to be a witness and say what you need to say um so that's the word now <laughs> I, I put this on there, but grief is like breathing. Jesus showed us how to grieve. There's a reason he showed up to Lazarus's house four days after he died. First, he wanted to show him a miracle. He wanted him to be stinking, which means the body was decomposing. He didn't want any excuses to say, oh, no, it was okay. like he just he was not dead. He was asleep because that happened back in those days. He also wanted to demonstrate the power of grief and that it's OK to grieve. This is the power of a savior who came to show us how to do things, how to live this life, how to go through shame and disappointment, how to struggle in a moment of grief. But it's in that moment of release that positioned him to step forward. Uh, the Bible talks about um, giving us beauty for ashes, joy uh, for pain, for that grief. I believe it's the beautiful exchange of heaven. When we release our grief, which that's okay to do, to cry and be lost in those moments, he restores us in that place. It's like breathing. The bodies are designed to take in and let out. We breathe in, you have to breathe out. If you don't do both, you'll die. When we eat, we eat and you have to let it out. If you don't, you will die. Grief is the same way. If we hold on to that, it can kill us from the inside out. But when we release that grief, then he replaces it. When we release that hurt, he replaces it. And I think that's where we have to be as people who believe a demonstration of that. We can't, we can't be stuck trying to tell people, you can do this, you can do this. It's going to be demonstrated through us when we go through these. That's why he lets us go through trials so we can show them a demonstration of how God's people react. That's why Jesus did what he did to demonstrate to us how to do it. And I think that's the key. And I think that's how we respond and react to these things around us is a demonstration for non-believers to say there is hope. And it's not just somebody telling me this scripture, that scripture. I'm witnessing hope in their life. And I think that's the key in all that we do. I think it, it kind of parallels to the conversation of like uh, all answered prayers. If you watch how Jesus operated, it wasn't a future response. It was a right then response, right? Because of your faith, this you're healed. Because you, your friends had faith, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this now. And one of the things that God has really been cementing in my life this year, and it's been a constant conversation actually between me and my husband, um, is when I am walking through something, um, not in an air of like sharing dirty laundry, but in an air of being vulnerable and transparent, um, especially because our lives can project something from a social media lens that isn't necessarily what's happening. I've been really passionate about sh walking and being vulnerable with people about what is happening right now in my business, in my personal life, in my familial life, um, so that that God truly does get the glory at that um, sense versus I'm going to wait, just like we're talking about like the not being in the present moment, like I could wait to see how is the cookie going to crumble? How is this plan going to come to fruition? When God gets the glory, then I'll talk about him. But what if we were more passionate about doing it literally right now to be open-handed, to be like, you know what? I still have hope, though this is what my circumstances look like. I still have joy, though this is what the circumstances look like, because now I'm relying on the word and the truth that he speaks over the situation 
situation rather than me trying to formulate the answer. But the one thing that I found of all the things that when I become vulnerable, not only do prayer warriors show up, not only do encouragers show up, not only do resources show up, because instead of me sitting behind the scared blanket and like, no one can help me, I'm all by in this, but all by myself, that's what happened yesterday on the conversation with Chris. I was just like, let me just be vulnerable. I'll just tell you where we're at. This is what's going on. And it sounded as if I was speaking death over the situation. I was in a wrong state of mind for sure in the language in which I was using, but it allowed him to say, whoa, 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 let me go deeper into that little open wound that you have and let me allow it to start healing. I'm going to uproot a little lie that you might be believing about that so that you can heal faster. My son um, got a, like scraped his foot in the, in the bay this summer and he got an oyster shells like put inside of this big cut as he sliced his foot. And we went to the hospital. He had nine different doctors come in in the emergency room to try and get these oyster shells out of this deep wound. It wasn't something that needed to be um, sewn together. And even if it was because there were still oyster shells in it, they couldn't do that. And so even the x-ray was like, it's just a little too deep deep right now. We're going to bandage it up. The last person that came in, the ninth doctor of the night, they were there all night long, said, sometimes you just got to let God do the healing. In a secular space, obviously there's no Christian hospitals. That, that's an idea, by the way, planting that out into the world. Can we have a space that we just come and pray over people? That'd be amazing. Um, but it, it was like such a divine moment for my child to have a learning lesson. And my husband, who was already speaking that over him, to not be the only voice in my son's ear about the power of God and his ability to heal. And so had they just been like, ah, my husband's general response is like, tough it out. You'll be fine. It'll get, you'll, it'll get extracted. But he really wanted a doctor to see it. So for that doctor to confirm the exact same thing that his data said is no different than when Chris is encouraging me with the exact same thing that Christ had been encouraging me with. It was just another layer and another level of being like, okay, I am seen. Okay, God, you are confirming what it is that I'm hearing and what it is that you're revealing. And so not to air your dirty laundry, but to share your grief in the moment. I remember sharing my disappointment, Natalie, with all of those women at that um, retreat. And it was harder for me to share my disappointment than it was for me to wear a mask and act like everything was okay. And I think oftentimes we do that out of um, a desire to make an appearance so that all the other things can work out. But that is actually harder to carry than it is to just let it let it go. So I hope that speaks into people as you guys are thinking about your present now when people share pain, the opportunity for you to be the encourager, the opportunity for you to be the intercessor, the opportunity for you to help heal the wound that Christ is already healing, but your words, because you're aligned to Christ, are actually also healing. Alexis, I love when you chat, girl. You've been just vocalizing, vocalizing over there. <laughs> it's the Lord's doing, I tell you. Let's go, let's go. So it's so funny because as always, right, we know that we are aligned and Holy Spirit speaks to all of us in our different spaces. And I appreciate you just sharing the piece that you did because um, just as of last night, um, I've been kind of feeling this urge to just kind of take a pause on social media and just like understanding my distractions and where God is. And I know last week we talked about like me being somewhere in the middle and all of the things, right? And it was so interesting because generally um, whenever I do like a social media um, pause, if you will, I'll just kind of like leave and, you know, not really 
wanted to make an announcement because I'm not a person that likes to draw like attention and all the things. So I'll just leave. But for whatever reason, this time, um, I was led to actually share like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. And so, um, the Lord gave me some words and not just words, but he gave me the the space and opportunity to share in the seeds, share the season, um, where I am now. And, I was really going back and forth because I'm like, okay, how much do I share? Like, do I talk about, um, you know, that I do feel that I'm in a season of, you know, distraction and I'm in the season of, um, you know, like I need him to really show up and, and tell me where I'm going, right? I don't know all of the things or do I just say, hey, y'all, like, I'll be back kind of thing. And of course, in the Lord's fashion, um, he told me to share and what I shared was, you know, just God is God is dealing with me in the sense of I know that he's speaking. I know that I'm growing. I know that I'm walking in the directions that he's calling me to. However, there is still room for growth. I know there are still room. There's still things that he's pulling. Um, He's he's dealing with me on. And I just told the people and I'm like, and I'm tired. Like I'm going through transition after transition after transition. And I'm tired. Like, um. And I'm very much so a, I'm the encourager of the people, like my community. Um, I'm always going to offer some word of encouragement. And even as I was posting, making the post yesterday, I was trying to find a way to like spin it around to encourage somebody. And literally as I was writing it out, um, I I heard Holy Spirit say, this is the encouragement, your transparency, your story you sharing where you are, where I have you right now, right, is still um, igniting the hope in someone that is trying to figure out their walk with me and it still gives me the glory, right? So I totally get exactly what you just said and he's actually pushing me to be more vulnerable, more authentic, more transparent because... um it's in those moments that he really gets the glory, right? When it's not the 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 peak of the mountain always, but it's really, and maybe it's not even the, the, the lowest of the valley either, right? But it's really somewhere going up this mountain that he's like, yep, and I still get the glory in the middle too. Um, and so I shared it and, you know, I just kind of like released and let it, let it go. I went um, back to close everything out and, um, someone messaged me and she said, and this is what will free people right here. And it literally was just like God's, again, confirmation to say, yeah, you, because anxiety was trying to creep up, like, oh, you shared too much or you didn't, you know, like people are going to be worried and concerned. And it's like, no, actually, this is what's drawing people back to God. Like the fact that you used your platform to share not just the high the high stuff but the real stuff this is where this is where the deliverance happens for other people in their own time right this is where um they are drawn back to me and i so for the fact that you just share it, like god is he's amazing and how he he aligns us all um and orders our steps and allows us to see that we are not the only ones going through um whatever the seasons are but i just feel that he is calling us to be in that more authentic and vulnerable space because everybody is hurting. And the only way that we're going to heal is if we begin to deal with those wounds together. Um, And I believe that what, 
you know, my medicine is may help some may help the next person. So I'm just really grateful um, again to be in this space and him confirming um, and, and even like me fighting the the negative thoughts or the the anxious thoughts about did I share too much? How much? He's like, no, this is how you use the influence that I've given you. This is how you show up um, because, again, it's not about you. It's about me. And as long as you say that you are walking and you are living in the way that I've designed for you to, this is going to give me the glory every time. So keep going. So, yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing. So, so good. You're, you're so, so good. good. Like- uh, the thing that I want to share with you is a, actually the same verse that I shared with Chris yesterday. One, because you just said the words, but two, because we truly are um, set apart. And in our set apartness and us being strong and courageous, like that means bold, right? And being bold means we have to be honest. And it's it's hard to be honest. The enemy doesn't want us to be honest. The enemy doesn't want this conversation right now to be happening to say, oh, no, 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 you're not isolated. You're the only one in that state. You're the only one that's feeling that way. And so it's so important. And this is from Jeremiah 15 and 19. It says, this is how the Lord responds. And Alexis, this is so directly for you. If you return to me, I will restore you so you can continue to serve me. If you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them. Do not let them influence you. They will fight against you like an attacking army, but I will make you as secure as a fortified wall of bronze. They will not conquer you, for I am with you to protect and rescue you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yes, I will certainly keep you safe from these wicked men. I will rescue you from your cruel hands. So you must influence them. And you are the spokesperson for Christ. And even Christ himself shared his vulnerable moments. And so I'm proud of you. I'm excited for you because in this, the very beginning, it says, if you return to me, I will restore you. So your weariness, your, your, your tiredness is because you're going back to him and you're closing off. You're shutting down the things that the enemy has control over potentially. And as Chris would say yesterday, it has become a false idol, whether you recognize it or not. And you are going to be able to speak good news rather than worthless ones because we're not here to post about, you know, what our day was like. We're here to post about the authentic truth and the good news of Christ. Wow. (laughs) Go Alexis. It's for you, girl. Thank you. Can you put that scripture in the, um, in the chat, please? Sure will. Sure will. Go Chris. I can't wait to hear from you. (laughs) Your mind is blown, but you're muted. And I want to know what you're saying. I just had like a massive like realization like 30 seconds ago and I'm just like trying to process it and I'm like oh my like when you when you see everything align like when you look back and you see the alignment that God has and and it just all the dots just connected for the last of the last 24 hours and so I'm just like wow like that's I'm like messed up because I had what I was going to share and then that hit hit but it will it will it'll it'll line up um and so talking about being present uh so on saturday i was doing a video because i live in la i'm from colorado but i live in la and um i was just doing a video and i was and i was talking and i was asking god like god i just i need to get in nature 
Like I need to be somewhere where I can see far away because in Colorado, there's all these hills. So pretty much wherever you are, you can see all the way across the state and you feel like you can breathe. In LA, it's just like suffocating. Like you can see like five blocks and it's just like my soul feels suffocated. And so Saturday I was like, Lord, please, I don't know how, but I need to get out in nature. Like I need to just, just see the stars. Like when I look up at the sky here, there's like four stars and you know, I'm used to like millions of stars. And I was just like, my soul just needs to breathe. And uh, and so Monday, one of the guys from church messaged me and says, hey, uh, the because the church just got some land in the desert gifted to them. And uh, they're like, hey, some of the guys and some of the pastors were going out uh, to the desert to camp. Um, you want to go? And my immediate response is like, no, I'm not going to the desert. I got coaching calls. I got a morning call. Like, I'm not going to do all that. Not even thinking like what I asked God for two days before that. And, uh, and my answer was, was no, I didn't message him back. Um, but I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to, but I'm going to pray about it in case God really wants me to go. And so I prayed and I was like, Lord, just, if you want me to go, just make it really clear. And, uh, an hour later, cause I was at the church, um, the campus pastor walks in, he wasn't supposed to be there all day, but he forgot that he had a, a coffee with someone there. And, uh, so he, he shows up and he's like, Hey, so you, you come in camping? And I was like, no, I don't, I just, no, he's like, you should come just trust me, you should come. And it was just like this, like, it was like Jesus, like, you wanted the sign, like you wanted the answer, here it is, just don't even talk to me, don't even argue with me, just surrender. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll come. And then, and and I rescheduled everything. And, uh, and he was like, you know, the drive, it'll only be an hour and a half, it's not a big deal. So I get there yesterday, and we get ready to leave. Um, and I get in my car, I, I put I put the address in. And it's a three hour drive, because there's traffic. And, uh, and so I'm just like, all right, God, three hours sitting in LA traffic. That is just great. And I drive a stick shift. So sitting in, in LA traffic, sitting in traffic for three hours, driving a stick shift is just a whole different experience of traffic. So I was just like, oh, all right. So the first hour I'm listening to music, you know, I'm listening to some YouTube videos, like, you know, I'm, I'm listening to all this stuff and, and I, I look at the map and it's like, man, I still got two hours left. And it was just like, man, I don't want to listen to music for two hours. And, and God gave me this thing of sit in silence. And I was like, oh, that's, that's even worse than like, I mean, to, to sit in traffic for two hours in silence, Lord, like, that's not my thing. Like, you know, I got to have music going or a podcast going. Like I need something to, you know, to, because silence is not uh, the most comfortable thing. And, but it was like, he was showing me like, I want to have a conversation with you and that's not going to happen if you're listening to music and podcasts, because you're listening to what they're saying, I need you to listen to what I have to say. And so I was obedient and it was uncomfortable. I turned the music off and, and I was driving and I just started talking to God like about my business and what he wants me to do with it. Because I feel like I'm on this, on this verge of something like dramatic, like there's a dramatic shift in my business and, and my identity, because I've been like in the Valley and I've been like, like just, just fighting and slaying and and having breakthroughs and i know he's been preparing me for something he's been preparing my heart uh for a level of success that i've never had before and uh i've i've been doing videos over the last few months like man i i know god's preparing my heart because he's going to bring abundance that i've never seen before but i know that i'm not spiritually mature enough to handle it and to steward it properly so i know he's working on my heart so i'm patient i haven't touched my business i've just been like sitting back um and uh and so I was, but I, I feel like it's a volcano just ready to explode. Like when God is working on something, he's building something. It's like when someone's cooking and you can start to smell it, 
like and and the the more the more you smell it, you're like oh you know that's gonna be good and it's like i could just smell what god has been doing and uh and so i'm driving and i just start talking about my business and, and and the coaching and the process and and he just starts revealing to me the framework that i have and how it actually works in the two different sides of it the spiritual side and the world side because i do uh calling coaching for believers so i help them get crystal clear on their calling so uh, they can go from being a believer to a warrior and I also have a discipleship group that I lead of believers who found their calling and are living into it. And, and so he starts revealing all of this stuff about my business. And I'm sitting in the car and I'm just like having a conversation with him. Like he's sitting right next to me. And I'm like, oh my God, Lord, this is crazy. This is incredible. Like I had to, I had to pull over literally on the side of the road in the desert uh, to start recording a video because the revelation he was giving me my, my little battle card. Like I had to take notes on the front and the back because I was running out of room. I, down here, I was literally driving while I wrote that. I was holding my Bible and had this, and I was driving because there was no place to stop, and I was on a two-lane road, and I'm like, oh, my God, Lord, this is so much good, uh, or, or this is so good, and and I'm just doing all that, and I just have massive breakthroughs in my business, and it's all around the pricing and the structure, and because I've always had this unworthiness, like, you know, I feel bad asking for money and, and you know, and pricing, you know, what it's really worth, and he broke that, like, in that car ride, like in that two hour car ride, he completely broke it. I have a completely new view of, of my business, of who he's calling me to be. And it's crazy because uh, Tamara on our call, God said to me, I'm going to use you to break the financial chains and I'm going to use your business as a demonstration. And you're going to go teach it to other believers because they should not be living in lack and struggle. And, and I was like, I literally wrote here uh, in green, you guys can't see it, but I said, me, Lord. Like me, are you sure with my history with money, you really want to use me for this? Like you're going to use me to break financial chains with my business and use me as a demonstration for other believers of how they can do it. I was like, I just, I don't think you got the right, the right guy. And then I realized that's exactly why I'm the right guy because I'm the wrong guy. You know, that's why God, you know, he didn't, he didn't go and, you know, you recruit kings for disciples he recruited you know fishermen and the tax collectors and the prostitutes the people where when they transformed it could only be a god thing and so if he used someone who already is really good with managing money and who's you know super financially successful like no one would think it was a god thing but i'm like lord you want to use me like you know my financial history lord like are you sure and and the, the answer i got was of course and that was on our call tamara and so the realization that I just had on this call was, oh my God, he said that. And now he's teaching me about my pricing and, and how to actually like offer it to people. And, and he's like, don't price your program, price your passion because yes, they're getting this framework, but what they're really getting is you. And you know that you are passionate about fighting for people's greatness and you will not stop until they step into it. That's what you're actually selling is your passion for me and the greatness that I put in them. So I'm just like, mind-blowing like realizations i have to keep stopping the car and recording videos because <laughs> there's so much wisdom and i'm like oh my god lord this is incredible and and uh i finally get to the the campsite and i'm just like i'm already like rocked i'm like this is crazy god and i was like lord i just can't wait for it to get dark so i could just sit and look at the stars and have like a conversation with you it's like there's there's 20 men here i don't want to talk to any of them i just want to talk to you and and so I couldn't wait for it to get really dark. And I was like going to go out at like two in the morning and when the, the sky's the darkest and we could see the Milky Way. 
Like that was one of my dreams to always see the Milky Way. I've never seen it before. And uh, and so we get there. Uh, this UFC fighter, like a well-known UFC fighter that goes to our church shows up. And he rolls up with two Jeeps and a dune buggy and like a truck full of guns. And it's just like, it's like man camp. And and so we all drive around and there's this old car. And, and we just start shooting this old car with all these like rifles and AK-47s. And, and you know, all these guys are shooting. And I'm just like... Lord, this isn't my thing. <laughs> like, I know, like, we're supposed to be, like, manly men and, and shoot guns, but these stars that I'm looking at are a thousand times more interesting than these these guns. And, and like, I didn't come out here to, like, be a manly man. And I came out here to connect with you. And so everyone's at in line, like, I want to shoot this gun. He's got, like, these illegal guns that are just, like, something you've seen, like, on a video game. Like, is that even real? Like, what? That looks like it's from Star Wars or something. And, and they're shooting this, and I'm actually behind all of them, and I'm facing the opposite direction, just looking at the st stars, just talking to God. And I'm just like, Lord, I just, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to spend time with you. So we load back in the truck, and, and we drive back, and some guys stay, and they keep shooting guns. And he's got this dune buggy, and it's like this brand new one, like super high end, and, and they're driving around. And so we get back to the campsite. And I finally put my chair out, I like walk away from the campsite, just out into the darkness. And I set it up and I lean back and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, Lord. And I'm just looking at the stars and there's just millions. Like it's like total pitch black because we're in the middle of nowhere um, in the high desert. And it's like, I'm just like, wow. And 20 minutes goes by and we see two people walking up <laughs> and it's one of the guys from the church and one of our campus pastors. And they look messed up, like they're covered in dirt, their hair is messed up. And we're like, what happened? They're like, we flipped the the uh, buggy. He said we were going like full speed and the guy who's driving it was hadn't really driven one before. And he yanked the steering wheel to the left and the dune buggy flipped and rolled three times. And and they were all in it. None of them had helmets or anything like that. And it was the middle of the night. Like and they're like, yeah, every, everyone's OK. But our past our campus pastor hit his head really bad and had this big knot on the side of his head and it was bleeding. And, and I could tell he was like he was not OK. And I was like, OK, we need to take you to the hospital. Um there's, you know, 15 guys there and anyone can take him to the hospital. But God was just like, take him to the hospital. Like he's going to the hospital, just take him. And, and me not being present would be like, no, Lord, I'm not going to take him to the hospital. Like, you know, my plan was to come out here, sit at this and look at the stars all night long and just talk to you, not to sit in an emergency room all night. And, and like, and we're leaving tomorrow morning, like, Lord, this is my chance. I just drove three hours to come out here in time with you. I've only gotten to spend 20 minutes with you. Not, not thinking about the two hours driving with him. And so I'm like, okay, let's go. Um, and I'm just fully like, God's, God's good. God's going to do his thing. And so we get in the car, the, the hospital, the closest hospital is 40 minutes away. So we're driving for 40 minutes. We get there. He walks in. He's like, there's no way that it's packed. It's absolutely packed. So he calls one of the guys from the church who's a surgeon and a doctor. He's, he gives him what's going on. He's like, you know, you'll probably be fine. You know, you might want to get checked out. You don't have any concussion symptoms or anything like that. So uh, our pastor's like, man, I, I don't really want to, you know, go back and, and sleep on a hard ground after this. Like, I, I just I feel like I, I need to go home and back to L.A. And I was just like, OK, great. Like just surrendering, like just totally like genuinely surrendering. And he's like, no, come on like that. No, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back. And I was like, no, like, we don't need to go back. He's like, you drove out here. Like you didn't drive out here just to like leave after two hours. And I'm like, 
don't don't worry god's got it like god's doing his thing and he's like are you sure i'm like yeah of course like i'm totally good and and so we drive back we have a really good conversation um and then i drop him off and then i get home and i get home at like midnight and uh but while i was driving home i was like man lord i i really was excited to sit and just you know be with you and look at the stars and he's like you did sit with me and your home because I gave you everything that you were meant to receive. And I was like, wow. And it just shows like how being present is so important because the time that God had planned to spend with me was sitting in my car for two hours with traffic. The time that I had planned to spend with him was sitting under the stars at midnight by myself in the middle of the desert, you know, super spiritual and holy and, you know, in awe of his creation. And it was just like, <clears throat> I feel like when we're not present, we, we lose out on how he wants to do things. When we're constantly trying to control, like we're trying to control how we want to experience God. Like I was trying to control my encounter with God. Like I want to be sitting by myself. I want to be sitting over here. I want to be have this angle. I want to have my chair tilted at this angle. Like I want to have this song playing or whatever it is. <clears throat> and it was just going to be this like holy intimate experience where i'm looking at the universe the you know the milky way in the middle of the desert and and it was just like no he's like i don't i don't need the milky way in the desert i need you sitting in traffic and it was just this amazing moment of just surrender and being present because had i not surrendered and god said turn the music off had i not surrendered i would have missed out on that two-hour conversation with him that shifted my identity as an entrepreneur because i would have been waiting and trying to plan plan the future, right? Think about, I was thinking about the future and I was literally thinking about tomorrow because I was going to sit out there at 2 a.m. So I was literally thinking about the next day and how I wanted to do it. And God was like, no. And and so I just, it was just a massive realization that when we're present, like God's going to show up the way he wants to. When we're not present and we're focused on the future, we're going to try to get God to show up the way we want him to. And the way he shows up in his way is infinitely better than our way. Like to to have the realizations and the breakthroughs where I have to literally write and 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 drive at the same time, where I have to pull over on the side of the road in the middle of the desert and record videos. It was just breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. And and it was just this incredible experience where I literally spent more time in the car yesterday than I did at the campsite, which is but I had the biggest breakthrough of my life when it comes to um my business and my identity as an entrepreneur. And now I look at my business and I'm so unbelievably excited and inspired. And I just know that he's doing this because I've I've just been obedient. And so yesterday was just, it was incredible. And that's why we just, we have to be present. Because if I was so worried about the next day and thinking about this and, and even worried about that night, a few hours later, even, right? Being a few hours later, like God's name is I am, not I will or I was, it's I am. And I am is right here, right now. And so if I was thinking even about three hours from now, I would have said, Lord, I'm just going to keep listening to music. I'm going to have plenty of time with you tonight. I don't need these next two hours. I got plenty of time. Let me just relax and listen to music. And I, and I didn't do that because I was present. And I feel like the more present we are, the easier it is to hear his voice. And so it was just this amazing encounter. And I look back and that was that was the greatest moment in traffic of my life. That was one of the the greatest. I, I will tell this story for the rest of my life on stage because this is the point where everything changes for my business, my finances. And when God says that he's going to use you as a demonstration for something, that is absolutely, that is the truth and is the truth. And we are called as believers to be a demonstration of his declaration. And his declaration is Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. 
like Anthony was saying, like plans to give you hope. And, and so we're called to be a declaration of that hope and that future and that prosperity. And so it's just like when he says, I'm going to use you and your business as a demonstration of what it looks like to break financial chains so you can go teach it to other believers because my children are royalty. They're not peasants. They're, they're, they're children of God. They're not, they're not orphans. And I'm like, yes, Lord, because I, there are very 99% of the believers I know they're struggling financially. And it's just like, man, Lord, what are we doing wrong? Like, what, what are we missing? Like, what is going on? And he's going to show it to me and I'm going to be able to teach it to other people. But he had to take me through this crazy season of drought. It's no accident that I got taken out into the desert physically because I'm in the desert financially for so long. But it's in the desert where my heart transformed and I got delivered from the spirit of greed. And now my passion is people and I don't care about the money. And now that I don't care about the money, I know he's just going to pour it out aggressively because Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with a little can be trusted with a lot. And uh, it's just everything is aligning. And I'm just realizing it as I talk, which is why I can't stop talking, but I'm going to stop talking. So that's it. (laughs) I think, Chris, too, like had that not happened, our conversation wouldn't have divinely happened. And the wisdom and and the freedom that you brought to that was like, this isn't um, for that. It's a storytelling opportunity. It's an opportunity to literally like share testimony and transformation. And so I just, it's so good how even from an impact perspective from that moment, it wasn't just for you. It was for Candice. It was for me. It was for everybody who's going to be in the FounderCon room. It's for all of your people that are going to be connected to your business. And it just like, that's God's multiplication plan. And so your silent moment was a blessing to, and had you not been honest or open or vulnerable in that, even right now you're telling me, and I'm like, what? I'm like, that's not even right. I just thought that was from like a well, like you just pulled that out from back there. But like, it was a fresh download, which is why the Holy Spirit was so evidently present. So yeah, I was two minutes late to the call because I got back and I was exhausted (laughs) and I slept through my alarm and and, and I woke up. I'm like, oh my gosh, the call started 10 minutes ago. And then I got on the call and then you said my name and it was like, and immediately God was like, you weren't meant to hear what she said. I was like, okay, Lord, awesome, thank you. And so I'm just in this place of just like, the more present we get, the more we see Mm -hmm. work and the more we can literally throw our hands up and not worry about Mm -hmm. tomorrow. We don't have to worry about anything. Like we don't have to worry about that. And and that verse, Matthew 6, 34 uh, says, do not worry. That word worry means think. In, In Greek, it actually means think. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That word trouble in Greek means evil that desires to injure. And so each day has enough evil that's trying to injure you. Each day has enough demonic spirits that are trying to injure you. Don't worry about the ones you're going to fight tomorrow because you got plenty of them to fight today. And so don't worry about the enemy. Like if if a, a, an enemy or if a warrior steps onto a battlefield and they're worried about who they're fighting tomorrow, they're going to stand there daydreaming and they're going to get their head locked off. And, and I and shared Jesus, that. He said, I shared that with them already. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. And so, but but Jesus, like my favorite thing he ever said is, do not believe that I came to bring peace for I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And that word sword means war. And, you know, this is, this is war. And so when he says, don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's got enough worries of its own, enough evil that desires to injure. It's got enough of that. Fight the battles that you're in today and stand next to the Lord and watch him fight them for you while you get to watch him do his thing. And it's incredible because we just get to surrender. And it's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Annie, go ahead. Excited to hear from you. Okay. Let me unmute myself. Um, hi, everyone. I'm, uh, this is my first time here. And it's just been really good to just sit in and listen to you all. Um, so 
Um, Chris, I just wanted to share a verse that really was highlighted to me. Um, it's from Philippians 3, 7. I was trying to type, but I have a cast on, so I, I was like struggling. <laughs> um, so Philippians 3, 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish and in order that I may gain Christ. And it just goes on and on and on. And I, I just felt like... Um, just the purity that you had um, during this whole trip. Um, I think God's just really admiring you for just sitting there and just designed to just um, to know him and to hear from him. And even just the, the fact that um, you said that I was the wrong guy, and that's why I was the right guy or something along that line. And um, I'm, I'm totally on the same boat too, because I um, not go with money. Um, but I have been placed as like a communications and marketing person to raise funds for the organization. And I think God definitely places people and places resource um, in, in the right places. And even Tamara, you were mentioning about how when you're, when you're becoming vulnerable, you like are able to um, get those resources. And one of the resources that uh, I feel like might be, um, beneficial for you is called turning donors into partners. I don't know if you're like a nonprofit or even you are for profit um, for your business. Um, this has been very, very um, helpful for me to listen because I'm always out of time. <laughs> um, so I was listening to Audible and um, it's by Brad Leyland. Um, I can put it in the, um, the chat too. I'll, I'll just slowly type. Um, but it's been just talking about how it's been just teaching me a lot um, in terms of donors. Um, but I mean, are, are you a nonprofit or for profit? I hope it's at least helpful for someone. It is. It's super helpful. I put it in the chat and I already added okay. it to my wish list and audible. Um, okay. I and Chris has a for profit and he supports a nonprofit. So okay. that's the cool thing is it's like, yes, yeah. we're just going to say yes, Annie. That yes. was a blessing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're at time, but I just wanted to say thank you for sharing that. I know it's just been incredible to know that, yes, like God is in the quiet, but also he is in the midst of like Anthony, you mentioned about how we have access to him 24 seven. So yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So rich. Anthony, do you have a mic drop? You want to bring us to a closed ribbon? I think, you know, to come back around to that word visionary, and it's, this is the hard part about doing what you do. There's are expressions of some of these words that have come from man, and it deters us from what God really wants us to be as a visionary. Jesus was a visionary. What was his vision? Sometimes it was momenta momentary, like he saw the father do something, he said something, and he did it. There wasn't, Jesus didn't get away from the father all the time, like there was moments he got away because there was a bigger vision, a bigger moment coming that he had to be prepared for. But then there's moments where the woman with the issue of blood comes up and just touches the hem of his garment. He was in the right place at the right time and his alignment was there. So he was able to speak the right word at the right time. I think the visionary part of us is the only meaning of that is we're tapped into the visionary. And the visionary won't give us the complete vision at all times. If he did, we would mess it up 
And that's why we, our struggle is not, well, I don't have enough vision. And this has been my last six years. There's been times I'm like, God, I want to know what you want to do in this church six years down the road. And he's like, no, you need to be good in your day to day. So when I get you to a place that I can give you two to three years out, you're good. But then you're also not steading there again, coveting that two to three year window, waiting for the next two to three year window. You trust me daily. You trust me hourly. You trust me minutely. Sometimes you trust me in a second. If you can trust me there, then I can trust you with the more. And I think that's the key is to tap into the visionary of visionaries, the one that has the best plan for all of us, the one who assigned us our purpose, who knew us in our mother's womb. If we can tap into that, that's why Jesus did what he did. That's why he said what he said. And he was showing us through demonstration of how we're called to live in a place of trust and faith and knowing that God's got it already planned. And we just walk in obedience in those moments when he tells us to do it, we don't doubt him. We don't, oh, God, I wish you would give it to me five steps. I don't know that I can handle one step. And he's like, if I told you to do it, just do it. So, uh, Andy, he didn't put you in that position not uh, to let you fail. If he opened that door for you, then he is already ordered the steps. So walk on that water. Because you look at the water and you say, I'm not equipped to walk here. That's why he put you there, because he is. So focus on him and he'll open the door, but he'll also give you the resources to be successful in the season. It's not you alone. That's the last piece of the puzzle is we feel like some of you put me here and I'm failing miserably or God, you're not getting. He's like, I surrounded you with people to help you. You just got to tap into that. Peter, I surrounded you with people that you got to help and, and lead into. And there'll be moments they speak into you. So that's the purpose of this group. Uh, just trust him in all things. And he is faithful at all times. It was awesome. We had so many new people here today. I got some chat uh, from new people too who had to leave early, but they were like, this is amazing. Thank you for inviting me. I can't wait to come back. And so I'm grateful, however you found it through the interweb, through random posts that I make here and there. Um, it's not something I really publicize or spend time publicizing because I know that the Lord's going to do it. Um, and that's a, another proof of what's going to happen in FounderCon in just a couple weeks. So whether you guys get to come in person, which it's in Raleigh, North Carolina, November 10th and 11th, uh, or you're coming virtually, you're going to see and experience something wildly divine. Um, there's been so many people, all the speakers are praying into it. The Holy Spirit is going to be present, and that's the most eager thing that you can come for. Um, but it's going to change the trajectory of your business because it's going to change the trajectory of your heart. So we're in the zone of transformation, and I'm so excited to, to be alongside everybody. Uh, Ashley Weston, I see you're in the house. Sharia, Sabrina, we didn't get to hear from you today. Janice, Amy, Tamara, I saw you in the chat a ton. And Momo, we love you. We're thankful for you. And uh, I'll pray us out. You're welcome to pop off if I'm praying. You're not going to be rude. I know people have other things to jump to. But hey, um, real quick, T, yeah, I don't go. know that we specifically said this, but these that we're recording now yeah. are going to be in the podcast. Correct. So the Founder Collective podcast. We're putting these in podcast format. So you can come on and hear your voice. Share it. Uh, with people. So if they don't know what this is, they can, they can hear it before they ever tap in. Um, so we are going to start releasing those soon, right? Yep. Yep. They're kind of intermittently happening between expressing who's going to be on stage at FounderCon too. You get to hear from the compilation of speakers every week until we're done with that. And then you'll get to hear these all the time. So um, I'll be excited to listen back to them because um, I know that there will be times that I won't be able to be here. So same thing for you all. If you're not able to come, know that you can still be fed uh, and be a part of the community based on the conversations that are happening. So we're grateful for you. Let's pray us out. 
God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we get to be present in the now, in this moment, God, with our brothers and sisters to just ask for you to come, come in a divine way. And even in the next couple of minutes, Lord, that you would just wink down from heaven at us as a reminder that you see us, that you know us, that we are co-creating with you. God, that even in this moment today, that there was divine revelation for people. There was chains that were broken. There was aha moments, God, that are going to propel us into the next now. And so we thank you for your healing power. We thank you that you are Jehovah Nisi, that you are the banner in which we wave, that you are the one in which we glorify and all of the things that we do, Lord. I pray for people who are walking through weariness or states of depression or elements of isolation, God, that that would be gone, that the enemy has no right. They have no play. They are already the loser. And so we step on the head. We step on the scorpion's head. We take victory because you are victorious in all of the realms of our mental health, our emotional state, our marriages, God, they're yours. We surrender our ideas, our plans, our uh, hopes and dreams, God. We want them to be yours and yours alone. And so we just activate based on the now. We take a next step, like a, I see a mouse trap um, that the, the ball cannot move to the third trap if it hasn't gone through the first trap or the second trap. And so you are not here to trap us, God. You're here to ignite us and you're here to propel us into the connections that are going to divinely orchestrate what happens next. So no, you're not going to give us the whole entire plan, but you're going to give us enough. And we thank you that your enough is more than enough, that you bring manna every single day, that you bring the provision every single day. It's not because you love us, but it's because it's who you are. And by that, we get to receive your love. And we just thank you for that. We raise your name on high today. We speak vulnerably for our brothers and sisters to know that they're not alone. And even those who are far from you, God, we pray by acting in truth and showing up in that authenticity, Lord, that it would attract people to you in a way that they would bring curiosity as to why it is that we're being willing to open up and share and to look silly or look imperfect or look undone, God, before you and you alone because you make us new every single day and we are just revived in you, God. And so will that vulnerability birth new fruit? Will it birth new blessings in my brothers and sisters' lives? Will it birth new favor in their life, Lord, so that other people can just see you? It's not even about our need because we have enough when we're with you, God. And so we thank you for the abiding privilege to be alongside you, to get to know you. We get to know you in the quiet of the night with the Milky Way as much as we do in a room like this or in the busy when the kids are running around, Lord, that you are present and we want that to just be evident in the way in which we speak, in the way in which our, we posture our heart, in our emotions, God. We take control of our emotions because that is who you are and you are good and you are sovereign, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We bless your name. We put you on high today, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. This is the Founder Collective 